Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Nurture us, that you provide for us, that you see our needs and you meet them. We thank you for everyone who's here this morning and we pray, especially for those who are feeling like the picture of the little puppy dog on the front of the bulletin, worn out, dog tired, if you will. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I'm just curious, before we get into this, did anybody read the whole chapter? Because I had the whole chapter listed as the... Uh, oh, I, see, I see a couple of hands. Okay. So it's really interesting if you look at the whole chapter. It starts off with Jesus listing all of these woes, all of these bad things. But then he kind of switches gears at the end of the chapter. And he talks about the hope that those of us who put our faith in Jesus, who lean on him, have for a a peace and rejuvenation. And so that's the little snippet that I plucked out of there. But context is important. And I wanted to show you guys a little bit more of what was going on. Because that peace, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, is really only available for believers who are ready to take up that yoke. So let's get into Scripture. Matthew eleven twenty five through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. May God add his blessing as we continue to worship and praise his name. Dear Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy, your kindness. The fact that even when we're feeling so worn and frail and thin, that you are there to lift us up and support us. Not because you have to the creator of the universe, but because you want to, because you love us. And we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace that you so richly pour out on us. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can park it, and kiddos, you can scoot off to Children's Church. I do have a mission for Neil Beardsley, though, if he hasn't already boogied on out of here. Neil Beardsley. Oh, man. Dang it. Could you get Neil for me? I'm sure he's in the hallway. Yeah, our Sunday school class is going to be in here today, so can you grab the book and make sure everybody makes it in here? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks.
Well, I mean, I didn't want to forget. Yeah. Now, maybe he's got a point. Good morning. I don't know if you guys caught at the uh, beginning, because um, it was a pretty short little clip. And so if you weren't paying attention and didn't hear the music uh, and noticed that we were praying, it was pretty easy to miss. Um, but it was like a, I don't think it was even quite a minute long. I think it was like 45 seconds or so. It was a Super Bowl commercial from several years back that, Budweiser had done. Now, I'm not promoting beer in, in church. Uh, I'm not saying that Budweiser is the best company ever, um, but I did really like this advertisement. If you paid attention, they got their famous Clydesdales all dressed up in like parade gear and hitched up to an antique wagon that was like beautifully restored, and they hauled it out to New York City. I don't know what park they were in, but they were clearly at a park because it was a pretty wide open, flat, green area. And they had their horses all kneel in honor of those who died during 9-11. And that was just kind of a powerful thing. How they hitched them all up, had them yoked together. We'll get to that later. And they had them kneel in honor and memory of those who died. Um, And so... I want to just take a brief moment to have a moment of silence as yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the attacks on 9-11. Dear Lord, we thank you for all of our servicemen and women the brave volunteers who go out to keep our nation and our people safe. And for those especially who paid the ultimate price, not only on that day, um, but in the days since and the days before, to protect our freedom and our rights as citizens. In the holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I know that's kind of a heavy way to start things off, but I, I think it's important to remember those things. Uh, It's hard. And unless there's like somebody with a newborn that's in this room and not in the nursery, I'm pretty sure just about everybody in this room was alive when it happened. You might not remember it. I was in like preschool. But that doesn't mean that we don't still face some of the uh, consequences of those happenings. So, on that heavy note, we're going to talk about how when we feel worn out, Jesus is there for us. That's kind of the big message today. Because that that last song, that's pretty real. If you paid attention to the first verse, those are some heavy words. Actually, can you pop those, can you pop that up for me? Thank you. My heart is heavy from the work it takes to keep on breathing. There are days when that's how it feels. Now, it's hard to admit that. It's not something fun to talk about. But there are moments in our life when it's real. 
when it's heavy and it's hard to get out of bed in the morning because you're not sure that you really want your feet to hit the floor. And I want to encourage you guys. It's okay to have those days. It's okay to have those moments. Jesus, when he was on the cross, felt abandoned by God himself. Let me repeat that. The Son of God, who in himself was God, felt abandoned by God the Father. It's okay to have moments where you feel like that. It's heavy, and it hurts. But he's there for you, and there's hope in that. Can we, can we get back to the... Awesome, thank you. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, it reminds me, I've talked to Kelly a few times about this, and he said that when he was first coming to Christ, that he was often turned off by the idea of Christianity because everybody was pumping for eternal life. And he was dealing with PTSD. And he's like, man, that sounds awful. I already don't really want to be alive. Why would I want to live forever? That's a terrible idea. It's not just about eternal life. He can give you peace today, as Kelly likes to really emphasize. We can find peace and rest in Christ in this crazy messed up, mixed up, upside down world that we live in. I thought this picture was kind of funny. I, I don't know how many of you guys have cats. I have two cats at home. Uh, and they often like to perch themselves in places that are quite inconvenient. This morning I was pouring my bowl of cereal and there was the cat just sitting on the counter right as like I was trying to put my bowl down. She was just standing there. So I put the bowl on her back and she stood there for a moment and then she moved. But I was about ready to pour my bowl of cereal on top of the cat because she was just kind of in the way. That's where she had decided to be for that particular moment. Now, obviously, this cat hasn't been slaving away, you know, typing up um, uh, papers and, and preparing presentations for work. But uh, sometimes I know that I, when I'm doing things uh, on my laptop for church or for school or whatever... Uh, uh, there have been moments where I've uh, started to kind of, you know, nod off a little bit. In fact, in college, uh, on the nights where I was, you know, particularly not sleeping a lot because I'd procrastinated things and had to stay up until 2 in the morning working on papers, I would pick a seat in the back of the class and I would stand because I knew that if I wasn't standing, I would be sleeping. And that's how I, that's how I managed to, like, not be asleep for those class periods. And there were still times where I was starting to fall asleep standing up. Um, that's, that's where I was in college. So now you know a little bit more about me and my procrastination. But he's talking about anybody who is weary, who's worn out. And when I, when I looked at the kind of breakdown of the Greek word for weary here, it talks about like fatigue and exhaustion. It's those who have sort of worked themselves to the point where they are just exhausted. They're worn out. 
So even though this cat didn't necessarily do a whole lot of intense labor to make himself tired, uh, I, I thought the picture was just kind of fun. But that's, that's who Jesus is reaching out to. And there was also, there's two things about that burden that was kind of emphasized. Those who are weary and burdened, that word burden, it has a couple of different um, connotations behind it, meanings behind the word. And so one of them shows that it's an overflowing burden. Uh, It's sort of a figure of speech word that is used to indicate that something is overfilled. Now, this, fortunately, uh, is not a picture of the inside of my oven. Um, I I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, John and Kenny came, and they put in a new oven at my house because a couple of the burners weren't working, uh, and they didn't want my gas, you know, causing some kind of uh, explosion or something in the house. It would just not be good for anybody involved. So they replaced the oven, uh, which is good, and it works great, and it's a gem, and so I did not do this to the inside of the new beautiful oven. Uh, This is somebody else's angel food cake disaster. But there are days where life feels that way, right? There's a common phrase, and I'm going to modify it, but it's 10 pounds in a 5-pound bag, right? We're trying to jam too much in there. We've got all these things that we're trying to balance in life, and it becomes overwhelming and overflowing, and we become burdened like that poor bunt pan. It can't hold it all in. It has nowhere to go. There are times where, when I'm filling up my coffee cup in the morning, I'm just trying to get the little last bit out of the pot, right? And it looks like it's going to fit in the mug. And so I pour it in there, and then it's up to the, like, to the point where the surface tension of the water is all that's really holding it in the mug, and you can see that it's actually a little bit above the lip. And then you can't actually carry it anywhere. So you got to like sip it while it's sitting on the counter and lean over the coffee cup and... I'm sure that's what you all wanted to hear this morning, right? (laughs) But there's mornings where our life is like that, where our cup is overflowing and not in a good way. Not in the Psalm 23 way. Our cup is overflowing because life is overwhelming and we don't know what to do with it all. And now it's all over the counter and we've got to get a kitchen rag before the coffee stain sets in. That's the kind of burden that Jesus is talking about here when he says you're burdened. And that burden, that word, it's not just exclusive to your workload. It encompasses spiritual and emotional burdens as well. It's not just a physical one. It also covers when you're burned out. When you just can't handle it anymore. Where if one more person cuts you off in traffic, you're going to lose it. When you're not going to answer the phone because you don't have any nice words left in you that day. A good friend of mine runs his own business and was burnt out for months on end. Great guy wonderful man of God, 
And it was hard to watch him go through that. He's kind of mostly on the other side now, but, you know, the, the struggles of running your own business and having a family, and it's, it's still a lot on his plate. But it was hard to watch him for about a year. He was burning the candle at both ends. That's the kind of burden that God wants to help take off your plate. All who are burdened. And you know what? Maybe you guys don't feel burdened. Maybe some of you out there feel like things are just kind of cruising and you're doing fine. That's good. That's great. That's awesome. Can I have some more of that? You know? Even if you're not feeling burnt out, even if you're not feeling worn out, which in our current political climate, I'm not really sure how you're doing it, and I've got some questions for you, but that's awesome. Christ wants to help give you that rest. Last week, we talked about taking a day off, right? Setting aside that time to be sanctified for the Lord. Well, this is about during the grind. This is about the other six days of the week, right? Sharing that load. Now, Jesus says to those who are weary and heavy laden and can't take it anymore, his first words are, take my yoke upon you. I don't know about you guys, but that kind of confuses me, right? I can't do anymore. Okay, so take my yoke. Well, now, wait a minute. You just said if we're weary and heavy laden. But now he's giving us a burden to bear, a yoke. This is a yoke. This is one of the better pictures I found online of a yoke. We got two cows there, and they are pulling a, it looks like a pallet with a hay bale and a guy with a cool hat on there. And there's the guy with the hat. <laughs> what? He does. Anyway, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, when I think about finding rest, the thing that first comes to mind isn't, okay, so I'm going to go do more work. Now, there are some days, at least for me in particular, I know when I'm stressed out, one of the first places I do go is the gym. Um, build up some endorphins, get out some stress, put on some angry music. But generally speaking, if you are overloaded and overwhelmed and you need rest, the first thing you think of isn't, oh, you know what I'm going to do so I can rest? I'm going to go into work early tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh-uh, no, right? So Jesus is calling us when we're heavy, when we're overwhelmed, when our plate is too full and we can't handle it anymore to do work. How does that seem rational? It's some spiritual math, all right? And we're going to get to that. So the first thing we need to do is we need to share the load. 
He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is like this, right? A yoke is not for one animal. That's more of a harness. A yoke joins together multiple animals to share the load. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes that causes a problem. Because, at least for me, I know sometimes I want to try and take care of it myself. I have a hard time letting go of things sometimes. I want to try and be in control. Which, let's be honest, Brentley does not have it all together, and that's not really the best plan. But I still try. I still hold on. We're supposed to cast our anxiety on Christ because he cares for us. It's what we're called to do. We're not supposed to just own it. We're not supposed to try and muscle through it by ourselves. We're supposed to be yoked with Jesus. So, this is a picture, not of, not of the keys we had. We would not fit in a Toyota Corolla. But this is a picture I found online of some rental car keys. I don't know if Dan told you guys the story, but before we left on Saturday morning for our mission trip, we were getting everybody together. We were getting everything all loaded up. We were ready to go. We'd prayed up, and I couldn't find the right keys. There were two sets of rental keys, and for once they weren't connected to each other, which was kind of a blessing, but as, as you're about to find out if you haven't already heard this story, it was not as much of a blessing as I would have cared to admit because those keys got separated. And, of course, the key that we had was the spare, which did not start the vehicle. It just unlocked it. So we were immobilized. We were immobilized for an hour and a half that morning. What's funny, at least to me anyway, looking back on it, is I was feeling a little bit like hot stuff that morning. I was like, oh, man. Got this mission trip together. Everything's going smooth. Everybody's here. We're going to pray. We're going to scoot out of here. We're going to boogie. It's going to be great. And then there was an hour and a half of me trying to not scream, mostly. I did scream, I think, like three times. Not at anybody, but just like, ah! Because I just, I had to let it at least a little bit out. If, if, if you were there, you would, you would have seen it like in my eyes. It was, it was not the best of mornings for me. But it was a very humbling experience because I was trying to own it. I was trying to make it mine. I was trying to be like, yeah, doing great. But you know what? Newsflash, it's not about Brentley. That was a little bit of a newsflash for me. I'm sure you guys already knew that. <laughs> That was a humbling experience. You got to give it up to God. It's not about owning it yourself. You can't be yoked if you're trying to do it all by yourself. And I'm going to explain why with my next two points. 
you need to have the same direction. If you looked at that yoke, it is a solid bar, right? When we looked at the Clydesdales in the video this morning, they were all going in the same direction. If they were not going all in the same direction, you would have had some severe problems because I think there were like eight or ten of them. And if they were all going in different directions, your cart would not go anywhere. If you're trying to plow a field with an animal that's not going in the direction you're trying to get it pointed, your windrows are going to look like this. And harvesting and weeding and fertilizing are going to be a pain in the rump. Right? Would not be a fun day. You've got to get them going in the same direction. Because it's either not going to go anywhere, or it's going to go everywhere but where you want it to go. The yoke is supposed to be a unifying thing. You can't be going in a separate direction from Jesus if you're yoked to him. You can try, but it's not going to work out for you. Let me tell you. Been there, done that, right? You guys remember the story of Jonah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're just raising your hand to say yes? Okay, go for it. Yeah, Nineveh, yep. Yeah, and how's that go for him? Yeah. Mhm. And they do. And he's he actually is kind of mad about it at the end. He didn't want to go with God's plan. He was trying to go in his own direction. But because he was a prophet, because he was yoked to God, he didn't end up going too far, did he? At least not as far as he'd like. He was trying to go in the opposite direction. God sent a storm, threw him inside a fish, spat him out on dry land, and said, you're going, buddy. If you're yoked to Jesus, you got to go in the same direction as him. And on the moments where you wander, on the moments where you try to pull away, That yoke is there to help pull you back in, to help guide you. Oh, I was fidgeting with this, and I turned off the clicker. There we are. You need to have the same pace. My last point about being yoked. See, yokes do not have these. We had the car show yesterday. Any car guys or gals? who can tell me what that is, and don't say pumpkin. What is the actual term for that device there in the middle of the axle? Good guess, but it's a differential. Now, a differential 
has a very specific and very important purpose. A differential allows your wheels to go different speeds. Because if they didn't, when you tried to turn a corner, it would be quite difficult. Because if I move one foot real slowly and the other one really fast, I'm going to go in a circle, right? Well, your differential allows your axle to do that. Otherwise, they're going to go the same speed, and then when you go around a corner, you're going to be drifting. And that makes it difficult. Not impossible. Maybe more fun. I would, I would probably argue more fun. But it's going to be more difficult to get around that corner in a safe manner. What do yokes not have? Differentials. Yeah. So if you and Jesus aren't going the same pace, you're going to have problems. And guess what? You don't get to set the pace. You've got to follow Jesus' lead. But don't worry. Don't worry, man. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you're in a relationship with Jesus, he wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. And he's humble. He's not going to show off by trying to book it and show you how fast he can run while he's got a yoke on him. His yoke is easy. He wants to be gentle and guide you and work with you and share your load. He wants to take that burden off your plate and work with you. Now, don't get me wrong. That does require work. It does require input on your part. If you're not moving and Jesus is moving, you're going to go in circles. Exactly. So it does require work and input from you. But that work, it's not about the things that you do. That work is to simply prepare your heart and put it in the place where you can receive those blessings. That work enables you to be more humble like him, to be more gentle like him and to better understand how to follow his pace and his direction. Now, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus, here's where the kicker is. It's a pretty, it's a pretty great and easy thing. Remember he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light? So all you've got to do is let go of that control for yourself and follow him one step at a time. If you put your faith in Christ and you cast your burdens on Him, if you say, God, I know that I've messed up and that you have died for my sins and that you want to lead and direct my life, you have that opportunity. It just takes letting go of what you have 
and taking on his yoke so that you can share the load. And the cool thing about being in a congregation like this, being around a group of believers, is you have other people to turn to and talk about what it's like to work through some of those problems, to share those burdens, not just with Jesus, but with a fellowship, a family around you to come up alongside you for those days where you're worn. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for the fact that you want to come up alongside of us to give us that guidance. I thank you that all it takes is for us to let go of what we hold on to and to cling to you. I thank you that you take some of our burdens and put them on your back. You took the burden of our sin to the cross, and for that we can never be thankful enough. I pray that you would draw each of us nearer to you this week, and that we would see your mercies renewed every day, even when we're worn. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.